How is Bible prophecy connected with today's headlines? More than you may realize. Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here today with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we're excited to join you today. With all that's happening in our world today, it's sometimes confusing to figure out how things may or may not connect with Scripture. To help today, we have someone who has years of experience and is dealing with these issues as we speak. Today, we are joined by Pastor Jack Hibbs, who is the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Pastor Jack, welcome to A View from the Wall. Well, listen, I want to thank you guys. It's been a while since we've been together, uh, and I can't wait. Well, it's been far too long, and so much has happened. I think back just to May when Israel was another war. Uh, we have events this summer going on, different crises occurring in Afghanistan and our own nation with the border. Uh, where do you even begin with all the things that are happening in their prophetic significance today? You know, that is a great question. In, at breakneck speed, I think all of your listeners would agree, at breakneck speed, we watched... The United States broker peace deals and create no new wars under Trump's policies, and we saw the economy rebound. We saw jobs moving back into the states. We saw so many positive things and so many good directions, and then who would have ever thought that just several months later we would be where we're at today, which when we look at it through the lens of Bible prophecy, and it, it does not bring me pleasure to say this on the on the uh, the, net, the the American citizen side, but uh, you look at Bible prophecy, you guys, and you well know that uh, Israel, in in some way, shape, and form, must stand alone in the last days to be that vulnerable nation which will become something that will lean or fall into the arms of the Antichrist. And you you saw, we saw and enjoyed for a season the, the peace and the love and the support that America gave Israel under Trump's administration, but now we see somewhat of a vacillation to say the least. We see America now waning rapidly from the world scene. We've lost our influence in the Middle East. And all of these things are just, in my opinion, uh, stage setting. They they are the arranging of the stage for what, no doubt, uh, soon will be some great prophetic event found in Scripture. I, I have no doubt of that. I, I think with more believers I speak with, there's a sense of urgency that something's coming and of course, we don't know what that is, but we pray that uh, it's the Lord Jesus. But if it's not his return, we're going to see some pretty amazing things, you guys. That is so true. We had Joel Rosenberg on the program a few weeks ago. He was talking about how the Middle East Arab nations 
view their relationship with Israel and how much that's changed over the last few years. And of course, he's there in Israel and has his finger on the pulse of all that, much like you do in the United States, dealing with uh, all the various levels that you have from the elections in California and Larry Elder to being part of Trump's Evangelical Advisory Committee. Talk to those pastors who listen to the program for a minute, because there are some who hear all the things you're involved in in some of our listeners' churches, and they say, yeah, we just want to be a gospel-preaching church. We don't want to go into all those non-church areas. Talk to those pastors. How do they balance that role as shepherds against their obligation to the society around them and preparing their flock for what's coming? Boy, I really appreciate your question. I I almost want to uh, ask you if I could be uh, almost uh, a bit sarcastic about it, a, a reverent sarcasm coming back at that question, because I get that a lot, you guys. I get that a lot where, uh, you know, Pastor Jack, you should not be so political. And, and you guys, I have to honestly tell you that I have never viewed myself as political. Our church is not political. I... I honestly believe, and this comes from an absolute, sincere understanding of the gospel of the entire Bible. And remember, the gospel is the the main focus of the Bible. The Bible is doctrine. The gospel is the good news of Christ. Having said that, every New Testament church is commanded to fulfill the Great Commission, which is not only evangelism, but let's remember, Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the world, and preach the gospel, and make disciples. So after we preach salvation, it is incumbent upon the pastor, it is the pastor's duty to take those new converts and disciple them into active viable, vibrant witnesses of salt and light for their community. The evangelist does his job. The pastor now is to equip them to live that gospel life out. And so for me, I, yeah, I get that label a lot, but truth be told, you guys, if Jack Hibbs was political, then he would have run for office on numerous opportunities. I have had numerous offers to run for political office with unlimited funding if I would just run for uh, an assembly seat or a congressional seat. I would not do that. That's not my calling. My calling is to equip the church of the living God. Now, having said that, does our church... Uh, involve itself in the school board meetings. Yes, always has for 30 years. What about PTA? They sure do. They show up and they run for PTA membership. Uh, members of our church happen to be mayors from various cities surrounding our community. Police chief, on and on it goes. So when we say at our church, let's stand up and let's push back on uh, this issue regarding allowing a uh, a marijuana dispensary in our community. Let's push back. We don't think that's a good witness for our kids. When we push back and say that we don't think a gentleman's club should be allowed in our community, it's a bad witness. It brings in bad behavior. 
people label us as being political. And what we view that as is being salt and light. We are instructing our people to be loving, winsome, but all the while uh, witnesses for righteousness. And, And you guys, I mean, I know you guys, we've talked many times before, so you know me when I say this. I am committed with my life to see to it that our congregation once saved, now lives out their life as salt and light and acts of righteousness. And that's what we're all about. And so I'm sorry if I sound very, very uh, one-string guitar (laughs) type of type of uh, play, but I believe every pastor is to equip their saints to live out in the public square their faith. Well, this is such great information, and there's more to come. Stay with us here for more on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall comes from I Am a Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose, and at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well, so that they can finish well. The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I talk with Pastor Jack Hibbs in this segment, we want to take a closer look at some of the political issues facing the church today. Last time we talked with Pastor Jack, his church was facing the issue of church closures during the pandemic, and he was one of the few churches in his area at one point that was remaining open. Talk a little bit, Pastor Jack, if you would, about what has happened as a result of that. Sometimes when you stand up for something that's difficult like that, you receive a lot of persecution. Other times it turns out to be a blessing. What has it been like in your experience? (laughs) Exactly both. You, You hit the nail on the head on both counts. Uh, yeah, real quick on, real early on, we all remember back when President Trump had asked us all to shut down for 15 days. Right. We all, you know, read the news. We saw the news clips. We thought that we'd all be dropping dead in the streets by the by what was being reported. And so we shut down. But then shortly after that, we, we began to understand that the so-called experts, they didn't know what to do next. And and of, of course, I'm not an expert. I wouldn't pipe up on that medical COVID issue. But this one thing I knew is that in a time of prayer, and since reading my Bible on a on a in, in the morning hours, the Lord laid it on my heart. Uh, Behold, I've set before you an open door, and I immediately, of course, recognize it as you guys do. Wow, that's the Lord's voice to the book of Revelation, yes. Church of Philadelphia. 
And the Lord made it very clear to my heart, Jack, you, sh- you shut the doors to my church for 15 days, but I never told you to do that. No one can shut the doors to my church. No one's got that authority to do that. And I repented before the Lord, you guys, and then told the, the church and the staff, uh, we're going to open up. We've got to get these doors open and trust God. And since then, I've been told anyway, you guys, since then, um, we've been the largest under-roof evangelical gatherings since uh, the spring of 2020. And there may be some evidence to that because we just finished off uh, in 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 2020, we baptized over 3,600 people in the Pacific Ocean during the COVID event. Uh, the church uh, exploded. People were looking for hope. People told us that they were contemplating suicide and thought that they would give God one more chance. Now, I know that a pastor would say, that was reckless of you. You shouldn't have done that. But with all due respect, show me anywhere where the Bible says there are certain things for the assembly should not have to come together or ought not to come together and show me where the Lord says uh, for a pastor to shut the doors of his church. Uh, they're, they're not doing it in China. They're not doing it in, in Vietnam. And in North Africa, we've got church pastors that are having their, their doors open, uh, you know, on the pain of death because the Muslim world seeks to kill them for worshiping on Sunday. And so uh, it, it, we are living, I believe, in a last day's time. We, we've all talked about it, and I think now it's here, and we need to trust God to take care of us. We need to be wise, wash our hands, provide the necessary things that would create a safe environment. But by all means, we need to preach hope, preach the gospel, have the doors open. The church cannot be categorized. I I pray right now that every pastor would understand that no governor or president has the authority to determine the church to be relevant or irrelevant, essential or non-essential. No one's got that authority. The church is transcendent. We don't fall into the category of essential or non-essential. The church is transcendent. It's open 24-7. It is the hope of the world. Even in the crises, that's where she stands the brightest. Salt and light always stands in contrast to what it's there to heal or cure or preserve. So you can expect the reaction to be, that way negative sometimes depending on what you're influencing but your church calvary chapel chino hills was involved in the recent runoff election in california for those who don't live out there and and may have only gotten the main squeeze media version (laughs) what happened out there in the recall vote because it, it sure didn't come out the way many of us were expecting no uh let's remember something which is not making national media. So people might say, California, you know, just write it off. California is too far gone. California has been too far gone for a very long time. Here's the good news. We've been so disengaged from reality as a state 
that people began waking up, you guys, in 2020. And what I mean by that is in November of 2020, uh, unreported uh, across national media, the, the Democrat Party was shocked when California down ballot voted red, voted conservative. And the proof of that is California flipped four congressional seats that were not supposed to be lost. Four pro-life, born-again Republicans won their congressional uh, contest against their Democrat strongholds. And yet nobody knows that across America. It was not broadcast. It was not, it was not made known. Fast forward. The largest recall effort in American history. We needed two, uh, we needed 1.5 million qualified signatures to recall our uh, governor, who was the most brutal and most uh, aggressive governor against the church on COVID. And what did, what happened? We got 2.2 million signatures and that forced a recall effort. What happened was his counter effort was to announce that people could print out their own ballots at home and uh, anybody could vote. Uh, there were those that were convicted of felonies by the tens of thousands. They were allowed to vote. Uh, illegal aliens were allowed to vote. Everybody was allowed to vote. And so, uh, yeah, you know what? Quote, we lost, quote. But the beautiful thing about it is, you guys, we were able to, and I'm very hum happy and humbled to say that uh, Dennis Prager is a friend of mine. He and I went to Larry Elder and petitioned him over and over again if he would run. Larry Elder, an inner city born black man uh, who had nothing, uh, a man who rose to fame, nationally syndicated radio program, uh, weekly uh, writer of various uh, columns, Hollywood Walk of Fame star on the street. Uh, the problem with Larry Elder was he was a conservative. He was a pro-life uh, conservative and uh, Newsom scared our state with this this candidate, there's, you know, you're going to have a man who's going to make California uh, like Trump country, he said. And um, I, personally, you guys, I, I think I just I just don't know how accurate our recall voting went. But I I saw campaigning. We saw campaigning up and down the state and support for Larry Elder, who got more votes than all of the other candidates combined. And I think we did a great job. What we have to do is keep fighting for righteousness, even if we lose every time. We gotta keep standing. We have to remember that part of socialism is to get people to not trust their elections. And I wanna encourage every good citizen, you gotta vote no matter what you think the outcome will be. You gotta stand for what's right. You never give up. I love that. Keep fighting for righteousness. And there's so much more to hear. We'll be back right after this break. Stick with us here on A View from the Wall.
Jesus is coming again in an event known as the Rapture. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Rapture Kits are designed to help believers reach out to those lost before the Rapture and provide spiritual and practical information for those still here afterwards. Included in the Rapture Kit is a wealth of information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what is to come. The Rapture Kit also includes several Bibles, eBooks, audio and video sermons on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk and discipleship material, all preloaded on a 32 gigabyte flash drive. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of Christ followers and ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As we continue in our final segment today with Pastor Jack Hibbs, I know you've been encouraged already if you've been listening with us about being bold in your faith, but there are serious things happening in our society today. For example, just recently in Haiti, a Christian missionary organization had 17 people taken hostage by gang members and are being held for ransom. This is only one of those things that we will face in the last days as we continue to stand firm in our faith. As we continue living for Christ in America today, Pastor Jack, what are the things we should expect in the days to come? Will it get easier, more difficult? What will it be like? Well, if we read our Bibles uh, literally and believe them and and understand that we are in the last days, this is not just like hyperbole. I mean, it's a fact. All the indicators are there. Then we can expect more of uh, a manifestation of persecution. Um, we, I, I expect to see us here in the United States. I think we're already starting to see what I have coined as white collar persecution. What I mean by that is people being persecuted monetarily or economically at their jobs, penalized, uh, being overlooked by uh, their superiors for promotion because they're Christians, uh, marginalized. I, I would expect Christianity to be much more marginalized in America and discredited, attacked. Uh, God forbid, but let's not be surprised. It's possible that as we see an increase in violence and lawlessness, just as Jesus anticipated in Matthew 24, as we see increased lawlessness, uh, we could start seeing the attack upon uh, churches, uh, churches physically uh, desecrated and Christians violently uh, pursued. What I want to say to your listeners is we cannot be discouraged about that. We cannot be shocked. Jesus told us these things would come, and because he told us these things in advance, we should actually be encouraged when such things happen. Now, we don't want them to happen, but if they do happen, we should take heart knowing Jesus said there would be days like this. Speaking to that, we have a group of listeners, Pastor Jack, that refer to themselves as watchmen and women. They watch, warn, 
witness and seek to finish well in these difficult last days. And they understand what we've been discussing today and are taking to heart the message to defend the nation of Israel, to stand up for what they believe, to be part of a church that has a message that goes beyond just the gospel, certainly focused and centered there, but to understand that they have a role in their community as well. So we like to end each program with a word of encouragement and challenge for our watchmen. Speak to our watchmen, Pastor Jack. Well, just the virtue of the fact that God says, I have placed watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. We can expand that. God has placed watchmen on his walls everywhere, everywhere, in the church, in the community. And there are particular people called to do that. And I'm seeing the joy of that. Men and women who have a passion and a burden for their community, much like Nehemiah had a burden for his city, and set in position each man, each woman, right in front of their own home to build the wall in front of their location that it might be the strongest because it brought to them the most interest. It's the protection of their own home. And I thank God that there's watchmen, men and women who pray, intercede, fast and speak up because we know this, when all of this world comes tumbling down, those of us who have done righteousness will be rewarded in the world to come because that's all we were called to do is to be a light and to be faithful to what he's given us to do. And I thank God for the watchmen that are blowing the trumpet of truth today. Amen. Well, we've appreciated so much you being with us here today. I know some people will want to get more information about your ministry who weren't aware of you before. Where can they go to get more? Probably the easiest way is to simply go to jackhibbs.com, and that will take them to all of our teachings. The church I pastor here in Southern California, it's all right there, jackhibbs.com. Again, that's jackhibbs.com, and we want to thank those of you listening today as well, and we appreciate you for joining us here on A View from the Wall. Listen again at IamAWatchman.com, where you can sign up for our latest e-newsletter, download a free ebook, and enjoy our other resources to help you in your spiritual journey. We also appreciate your prayers and support to help us serve you and others. Join us here next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.